0: everyone Welcome to the Tech Trans Podcast, where we discuss the latest manufacturing technology research and news. Today's episode is sponsored by IMTS Plus. I am the director of Turkey, Benjamin Moses, and I'm here with
1: uh Steven Lamarca, AMT's technology analyst.
0: Steve, Thanksgiving is upon us.
1: How do you feel about that? Uh I am I have mixed feelings. Yeah. Thanksgiving is not my favorite holiday because like the holiday previous to Thanksgiving's Halloween, sure. you get candy. Yeah. I've never been, well, in my younger years which I st- can't let go of, <laughs> I've never been a fan of like Thanksgiving dinners. Okay. Um there've been like a hand I can count on like one hand how many Thanksgiving dinners I've really loved and had sure. a great time with. Um and then like Thanksgiving is unfortunate in that it's sandwiched by two great holidays. You know, it's Before it comes the candy and scary stuff holiday.
0: I like your sandwich pun.
1: And (laughs) yes. And after it, this is going to be a food heavy episode. I'm telling you. Uh, And after it is Christmas or Hanukkah or any other. Oh, sorry. Yep. You're right. The holiday season. Yeah. Happy holidays. Um, Anyway. So like, you know, I'm, you know, my, I grew up Catholic and progressive Catholic I might add, um, I don't know what that means, but good. It, it basically means <laughs> that's um, okay. That's okay. guy.
0: It's um, better. I don't know.
1: <laughs> instead of like this, like white conservative, like God fearing, you know, Catholic. Sure. Sure. Instead, it's more like God just wants you to love him. <laughs> <That's fair>. anyway. <laughs> like, like, like we don't need to get into that anymore. I, um, it I, is, it is funny though. Cause like my, my dad's side of the family, like his brothers, um, were really, are really conservative catholic they're okay. not like my mom and dad at all sure um and like one of them even had the audacity after i graduated college it's like so stephen you have a degree in physics now does that mean you renounce your faith <laughs> and i just straight up said yep <laughs> yep
0: that's a segue geez.
1: <laughs> but anyway going back to the holidays um
0: and eating food man um you've been on some adventure with the sharab
1: I have been on some – but let's – hold on. Before we get there yet, okay, okay, Um, which is a big t- talking point. We got to talk about that. Um, like you, Thanksgiving dinners,
0: yeah. like
1: you wanted to bring up that I, they yeah. don't have to be traditional. Yeah, I was thinking and about – In my past, they've all been traditional. I've right. had one – my first good Thanksgiving was more than 10 years ago probably. My mom – she drew the short straw and she had to host Thanksgiving and she's never been like a cook right. or or wanted to like set that stuff up. She's a great cook. Yep. I love my mom's food, but she does not it's like classic Irish moms, like they just don't think highly of their cooking. Yeah. Um, but she was like, you know what? We're we're hosting Thanksgiving this year. We've got like a brand new renovated kitchen. This is like more than a decade ago, so it's not brand new now. Um, and But I don't feel like doing anything, so I'm gonna have it catered. And she has like next, like a couple days later, she shows, you know, my dad, my sister, and I a Neiman Marcus catalog. Okay. She had Thanksgiving dinner catered from Neiman Marcus. Neiman Marcus was technically the middleman. We had the dinner catered from the Cajun Turkey Company. Ooh, that sounds great. And we got a Cajun deep fried turkey with spice. And had some awesome heat to it. Yep. It wasn't like too hot. It was like white people spicy. <laughs> and um, yeah, because my conservative uncle and my granny could not handle the heat of the turkey. But we were like, this is amazing. Yep. This is like yep. if we got it from Popeye's, but fancier. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, it was the best Thanksgiving I've had yet. Um, Well, my first good Thanksgiving. Like, don't get me wrong. The food's always been pretty awesome in right. my family at Thanksgivings. Um. But it's just like it's like we know what to expect. Yeah. It's just like it's, to hell with the cranberry stuff. Yeah. I don't want that. Get But then like ever since that like Cajun Thanksgiving, right. I've had gone to some amazing Thanksgiving. It's got better went to um went to an African American Thanksgiving. Oh, nice. Mac and cheese is the highlight. Yeah. Was the highlight of that Thanksgiving. And it was the best. They were like, (laughs) like, to hell with the turkey. Yeah. yeah. They were here for the mac and cheese. Like they focus.
0: The centerpiece. Whoever
1: is in charge of the mac and cheese, they've got a lot riding on their shoulders. Yeah. Because that is the centerpiece. It was like, it it was amazing.
0: We've been talking about uh, alternatives in our house because we're going to host it for the first time in our house that we moved uh, here a couple years ago. And we're going to do lunch instead of dinner. Nice. Because I want some people to have lunch and leave. So (laughs) they won't be lingering along too late. So we'll see. That's the best way to do it. That's the best way. And then uh, we've been thinking about, to your point, something, we like the classics. We still like uh, mashed potatoes. Mac and cheese is going to be great. Um, Deepa loves uh, some stuffing. But we're not big fans of turkey. So a couple of years ago, we did... Uh, A chicken cook-off. Nice. We bought, like, two game hens. Deepest uh, made herds one way. I
1: remember when you told us about this. I did it
0: one way. It was a great, great time. Everybody
1: had their own little Cornish game hen. Exactly. They're so adorable, too. It's fantastic. Thanksgiving should really be about duck. Duck is great. Like, turkey is so, like... It's all right. It's too big. Ben Franklin was such a troll. (laughs) He's
0: trolling us now in the future. Wanting
1: wanting the... you know, the, the, the bird of the United States to yeah. be the turkey instead of the eagle. <laughs> he got his way with Thanksgiving. Yep. Tur- it should be a duck. Duck yep. is so much better. Anyway, we've been. Oh, wait a minute. You go one on. One more thing.
0: We've been uh, exploring uh, uh, different uh, international cuisines also. We're thinking about like doing some Thai green curry. We're thinking mm-hmm. about anything that, any type of um, uh like dish that has different spices that i with the indian background we're gonna have some biryani we're gonna have some curries and stuff but that's that's just normal food for us that's okay we want we want something a little different so you, we're gonna experiment this you year know what totally bul- you know i'm glad you mentioned that you know what absolutely
1: belongs on the thanksgiving table biryani chicken 65 <laughs> uh,
0: yeah that's true oh. it's good no matter how you get it it's fantastic yeah chicken 65 man you want to tell me about your adventures with the uh,
1: adventures with Sharb? So we don't have Sharb for very much longer.
0: You're talking about here in the U S. or just in general?
1: Here in the U S. Okay, thank you. Fortunately, no. Sharb's <laughs> okay. There's nothing terminal. Yeah, it's just like you know, during the pandemic, Sharb got deported. <laughs> uh, I mean, towards the tail end of like Trump's uh, reign, <laughs> you know, he's like he's like get 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 them out of here. You're not wrong. <laughs> um. But Sharb, fortunately, we've had the pleasure of having him back in the country for the past two months. Yep. And we've got him until uh, the beginning of December. Right. And one of the things that we really Americanized about Sharab was getting him to appreciate all things beef. Mm, right. And so yeah. naturally, since he's been back here um, for the short period, he has made a bucket list. Of all of the foods he absolutely has to hit, all the restaurants that he has to hit before he co- goes back indefinitely. Right. Um, one of them was Outback Steakhouse's Bloomin' Onion.
0: He loved the Bloomin' Onion.
1: I mean, what's not to love?
0: It's fantastic.
1: Other than, like, you know, the Bloomin' Onion has this magical way of making you hate yourself after sure. you eat it. sure. But, like, up until then, it's, like, the greatest thing ever.
0: Speaking of centerpieces – They should call that Outback, the Bloomin' Onion place.
1: Yeah, they really should. (laughs) But we have since deduced, like, long story short, we've since deduced Outback, the only thing that they have, the only thing they have going for them is the Bloomin' Onion. Right. So we go to Outback Steakhouse to get the Bloomin' Onion. We order it. Um, We're both like, you know, the Bloomin' Onion's heavy. We don't want that much food. Let's just get, like. We each decide. We we both decided. You know what? It sounds like a good idea just to get the six ounce, sure, um, center cut sirloin. I like a small It's steak. the cheapest c- cut. Right. Um, we're gonna get a medium rare. Nice. We each got it medium rare. It was delicious. Okay, good. You know, it was a good. little tough. Sure, it was a little dry. It was a little chewy. Okay, but the crust on it was amazing. Good, and you know, it cost like nothing. We got out of Outback for less than forty dollars a person. Yeah. Um no there were no like alcoholic beverages. It would have been impressive <laughs> if we could have done below $40 for with alcoholic beverages but and then I was telling Shar was like you nah, know she was like or he was like you know I wish Melissa was here with us right. um cuz she she had her first conference this week. Yeah. Um to, but more about that later. Um I was like, yeah, Melissa actually hates Outback Steakhouse. She worked for a few years growing up at Longhorn Steakhouse yep. and is like super snobby about it. I was like Longhorn is like the the proving grounds for people who where people have to work before they can work at Capitol Grill, which, as we know, is a, a fancy U.S. wide steakhouse chain. Right. Capitol Grill does not make anything bad. Right. Like, it, it, is it the best steakhouse ever? No. But right. it's not far from it. It's a high-end steakhouse, and it's it's a chain. It's the sure. it's the probably the highest the best chain in the U.S.
0: Okay, we'll talk about that in another episode. Sure.
1: <laughs> anyway, long she was always like Longhorn is like the proving grounds for people who want to work at uh, Capital Grill, and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, BS. Right, calling BS on that. So, long story short, Sharb and I decide let's go to Longhorn Steakhouse. You know, in the next few days. Right. Get dinner there and compare. We'll get the same thing we got minus the blooming Onion. Sure. Because, uh, you know, only Outback has that. Right. Um, we'll get the signature appetizer at, at Longhorn Steakhouse. We did this, this last night. We go to Longhorn Steakhouse for dinner last night. We got their Wild West shrimp, which is their signature appetizer. We couldn't finish it. It was delicious. <laughs> wow. Don't get me wrong. But, like, Longhorn Steakhouse. Anyway, let me get the steak. Better in every way. Okay. It was better in every every wow. the food was better in every way. The food at Longhorn Steakhouse, we both deduced is it's by far it's it's absolutely a high end steakhouse. Okay. Same prices out outback. Wow. But less than forty dollars per person. Um, but like, you know, with, with the number of steakhouses that you and I have been to and Sharab. Yep. Like traveling and expense through AMT, I can say Longhorn Steakhouse is just as good as most of them. Wow, not all of them. Sure, I mean the last sure. time we went, you and I went to a steakhouse. I had a five wagyu. <laughs> oh, yeah. nothing's gonna be as good as that. it was like, is this sushi or is it steak? I have no idea. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, but Longhorn Steakhouse, hands down, I, n- I now I believe and I understand why Melissa says that it's just cheap. Right, Capital right. Grill. It was better in every way, but I can say one thing where Longhorn falls short the customer service was trash. <laughs> Like our server, she was very nice. Sure. And she was sure. very accommodating. Sure. But she was nearly non-existent. <laughs> Sometimes you want that, but. Sometimes you do, to there's be a, fair. There's a balance. And like, because there was so much time before, like, she came to our table, we had plenty of time to look over the menu. Right. And we, Charb and I knew exactly what we wanted to order. Yep. So when she finally showed up, we ordered everything else. Right. We ordered everything at once. Yep. Everything came out at oh, once. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like okay that's not what you want all right well at yeah. least it's giving the steak time to rest which is what a lot of people <laughs> screw up with you need to let the steak rest before you cut into it if they don't do it for um, you if they don't do it for you yeah um but
0: that's a fun experience it's it was really it's fun. good to know Longhorn is good quality that's Longhorn like I'm sold on it is that the place you get peanuts no t- that is Texas Roadhouse I keep getting them mixed up I mean
1: at the end of the day they're almost all the same yeah And then Longhorn Steakhouse just steps out in front of of the food. Oh, my God. I was blown away by the cut of meat.
0: Nice. Steve, can you tell us about today's sponsor?
1: Today's sponsor is IMTS Plus, the people behind technology, the stories driving the future of manufacturing, the thought leaders and people like us creating the products, the opportunities and solving the challenges for our industry. Explore a new digital destination. Designed from the manufacturing technology community where you can watch, read, learn, join, and connect. Go to imts.com.
0: Thanks, Steve. You bet. I'm excited for road tripping for, uh, with Steve for next year.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. Going to yeah. be in Detroit. In the cold. Going to be in the cold. I'm def- definitely going to like wear some baggy jeans, <laughs> some Timberlands, <laughs> and a South Pole uh, <laughs> jacket with like a Wu-Tang Clan beanie.
0: You're in Detroit. And you might as
1: well. We're going to get some some Detroit-style pizza. Underrated, by the way. Top-tier pizza. Um, we're going to get some mom spaghetti. <laughs> and we're going to see a whole lot of robots and maybe even an American car manufacturer plant.
0: Robots and food. I like it. Today's uh, – I got two articles. Uh, the first one I have is MIT solved a century-old differential equation to break liquid AI's <sighs> computational bottleneck.
1: Did they share in the article – I'm sorry – in in the article, do they share the differential equation? No, they, that don't they solve? That. That's no. not fair.
0: It's in a research paper that's it's linked to it. Okay, I didn't get to. I, I avoided the imagine. rabbit hole of, of links after links. So yeah, uh, it's something we could uh, probably post. So it's posted on in and Ga- in gadget. It's been a while since I've been on their site. So it's been a while since
1: I've solved a differential equation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you and I both, brother. <laughs> so the the uh, for machine learning, um, it's you know the application of an alg- algorithm that's uh, solving an equation over and over again to get you uh, the answer you're looking for. So, you know, it's like in vision system, you know, uh, you train a program that has these type of pixels. If it doesn't, then it pass fail. So like on a vision system for inspection, that's how you, you basically train a model and your output is algorithm that you process over and over again. What they're looking at is instead of just processing your data set once to train your model, it's continual... Um, Uh, manipulation of the algorithm real time basically not quite real time but over and over again continuously so instead of having the bigger loop of always go back to the data set retrain your model and then get your algorithm after that they're looking at uh, creating a liquid neural network so neural networks is one type of machine learning um and they're looking at uh, a liquid style um and they're looking at uh, models requiring time series data to operate so think of like autonomous driving vehicles yeah um and they're looking at, you know, uh, other type of tasks like pacemakers, uh, monitoring, weather forecasting, investing. So it's a really broad spectrum of huh. applications for this where there's a time sensitivity to uh, their problems, the process. And previously, the reason it was expensive, it, it's very difficult computationally. Like the hardware required to actually process all that data yeah. is too much. And the cost of running that. So you're probably talking about like transferring the data to a cloud and having a big set of... Um, servers running that analysis. So what they did is they simplified it by solving the equation at the neuron level. So within uh, neural networks, they look at, it's very similar to how a brain is mapped. So they have neurons uh, uh, communicating. Uh, So they're looking at how to construct and running the equation through um, uh, uh, less neurons, basically less connections and running that uh, faster and requiring less computational power. So it's an interesting look on machine learning uh, right. Two sides of that. One, the computational power uh, of required that's needed for machine learning. And we we gloss over that a lot where, you know, we assume a lot of edge devices can do it, which is fair. Um, but when you're looking at really um, difficult and uh, time sensitive um, processing, I well, that requires a lot of power that the edge computing may not have. Uh, so I'm, it's a very interesting look. And also what I'm really interested in how confident they are about um, in- introducing new data into their, uh liquid um equation right so previously right. you'd you know run the model determine your confidence level run some uh forecasting and see how how confident you are um if the data's if the algorithm's constantly being updated how do you verify your confidence level in the future so i'm really curious to see you know the impact on like the manufacturing floor about this about reducing the uh need for um um, the computational right. requirements, and we're going to talk and talk about so, talk about AGVs in a little bit where that directly applies. Sure, to that.
1: sure. So. This this is a fascinating article, and this will make your brain hurt as it's already <laughs> making mine hurt again for the second time. Um, because you know, ad- admittedly, and I want to open with that, I was not the strongest student in differential equations. Right. Actually, I wasn't the strongest student. Full stop. Um, I failed differential equations a handful of times until I eventually passed it. After I took uh, quantum mechanics, which differential equations was a prerequisite to, but I needed to apply differential equations to be able to understand them. So actually taking quantum mechanics first helped me get it. But some of the takeaways that I got from the differential equations class was that um, if you're doing – not predictions, predictions isn't the right word, but like simulations, right. Then that is a bad algorithm. Sure. And you implement or you incorporate or employ differential equations to realize the simul instead of realize the algorithm instead of simulating it. Right. For example, like a simulation of a differential equation would be employing like Euler's method. Sure. Um, you're getting close to right. what you're looking for, but you're not getting it. It's right. not after so many iterations. It's so far from it, it. It's why weather patterns, like when you look at watch the news for, to see what the weather's going to be. Don't look at it past two days. Right. Pa- after 48 hours, it is a is a wild guess. <laughs> it is entirely wrong. Differential equations helped me see that taking that class. Sure. And what I'm getting out of this article is, in the past, up until now, up until I'm it did finally did the work. <laughs> everybody's been doing, everybody's been using a bad algorithm, sure, and nobody's implemented differential equations. And now, by using a classic but somewhat difficult form of math, now we're getting better automation patterns out of it.
0: Yeah, I, I think your scenario of you know being able to forecast longer uh, is a very good uh, yeah. prediction of that or uh, use case of that. So to your point, it's instead of approximation, getting to an actual um equation. Right. right? So I think it's really cool. We'll see uh, the result this of this. Is, this is, that's, that's high octane stuff right yeah. there. Yeah. Thanks, MIT. Thank you so much. Of course, it's <laughs> MIT. Steve, <laughs> so you want to tell us about uh AGVs? Yes. You got a right. controversial topic here. So last, last time let we me bu- were here, let me buckle up.
1: You know, our la- last, last episode, which was 47 minutes, I didn't have the chance <laughs> to go into this. So I'm going into it now. Um, A month or so ago – actually, like two months ago, Boston Dynamics came out and said, you can't put a gun on our robot dog spot, our quadrupedal AGV spot. Sure. You can't put a gun on it. Good. Whoever at Boston Dynamics – I know I've got his name somewhere here, but it doesn't matter. Um, Whoever said that clearly underestimated the deep pockets of – Firearms enthusiasts sure. and, and gun tubers right. for that matter. Um And like within two weeks, somebody on YouTube put a gun on a robot dog of course. on a quadrupedal AGV. And then Boston, the same person at Boston Dynamics comes out again and says, please don't put guns on our <laughs> robot dog spot. Right. Like, and, and I understand their intentions. They don't sure. want to see their product which for the longest time was already a little too creepy and right. scary right. and now we've more accepted spot the quadrupedal agv into our lives and i really want one now and want to make sure <laughs> charlie's not afraid of one right um and we want to even do some advertising campaigns for amt we've been in the talks of it at in with exhibitions about getting a spot to to um help promote IMTS plus and whatnot. Um, I understand why. And, oh, you don't, you don't have to talk to Andra for very long. Sure. Um, to find out that, you know, it's weird, you know, it, it's, it's not a good look to sure. weaponize automation. Right. Um, even though on, like to be play devil's advocate, like automation came from weaponizing it. Like, <laughs> we talked
0: about that before in the last episode about, you
1: know, it. Augmented reality came from heads up displays, sure, which came before they were put in cars. They were put in fighter jets, right. So the pilot would know where the guns were shooting. Yep. Um, automation, I feel like started with <laughs> weaponization. <laughs> you know, what do you think the aim nine is other than a suicide robot? right?
0: And taking a step back, I mean the past couple of years, there's been a lot of uh, workers within big corporations. Um, that are very against getting into a lot of defense. I think right. there's
1: a lot of, and I I respect absolutely yeah, respect. That. I
0: definitely respect everyone's opinion on you know what their product serves. If they weren't interested in being part of the defense machine, you know I think they have the right to choose. Yeah, right. So it's it's an ongoing battle. If you're part of like Microsoft is deploying augmented reality glasses to the military right now, and yeah. we talked about how it's making everyone nauseous. But <laughs> back to the point of if you're working on that, you wouldn't you're working on uh, AR glasses. Would you expect that in the defense? Eh, who knows? And to have a preference in that, I, th- I think that's completely reasonable to expect a preference on not being part of that.
1: I mean, yeah, and just like it, my, the whole point I'm trying to make is you can't expect something to not go in the direction of weapons sure. because the technology came from weapons. Sure. Microprocessors, key, you know, I mentioned red dot sites earlier and right. augmented reality, but microprocessors. Why do you think they wanted to make powerful small chips? Wasn't the, to put
0: them in guided rockets? Wasn't one of the first use cases for Spot to carry equipment for the soldier? Yeah, it was to be a mule, right? Exactly.
1: So, like, the soldier could carry weapons and
0: stuff instead right. of
1: like rations and whatnot.
0: <laughs> I love me a good ration. Yeah. You know. So, what happens okay. next?
1: What happened next is so so you know they the Boston Dynamics pleads with the public, please don't put guns on our quadrupedal AGV. Um, and I'm like, okay, fine. sure. Well, a couple of days later, China's put a gun on a quadrupedal AGV, and the quadrupedal AGV that they had probably wasn't a spot, but I can almost guarantee you that it was from, derived from the same patent. Yep, yep. Because it looks exact; it looks walks the exactly the same. It's wearing a camouflage paint job that's probably sure. uh, China's military, but and it's got a big old gun on it. Yep, like a big old fifty cal H <laughs> bar or something like you know the equivalent of a, of a heavy Browning. They put a big guy on there. They did. They did. And honestly, from seeing like the gun tubers that did it, the gun tubers just put like a nine millimeter, sure, uh, um, pistol, um, uh, PCC pistol caliber carbine, okay, like a rifle that's chambered in a pistol cartridge. Yep, those things are notorious for having, well, infamous for having like little to no recoil. Sure, the quadrupedal robot could barely handle the <laughs> the robot or the recoil of a of a nine mil. Right. I'd like to see China's robot <laughs> fire that 50 cal <laughs> goes flying whatever that anti-material <laughs> yeah. machine gun was. Yeah,
0: um, That's a, that's going to be interesting debate on this type of technology of, you know, the allowance of different use cases.
1: And it's also a bit scary because it's like Boston dynamics. We know how smart you are. Right. Why haven't you, I know your programming for recoil mitigation is going to be better than whatever China can do. Right. <sighs>
0: The arms race is going to so be interesting. funny and really scary at the same time. We'll see what Australia does. That'll be my. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's our litmus <laughs> test. That's our litmus
0: test. Exactly. So taking a step back, you know, um, <laughs> AGVs, quadruped AGVs is uh, slowly getting into, let's say, the industrial space, right? It's spot has been around for a hot minute, but the use cases have been meh and it's still developing, right? We're still trying to understand how that technology can be used in industrial space. I got an article from Metrology News. It's reporting on uh, robotics world conference for inspection and maintenance robotics. So (gasps) we're thinking huge facilities, oil and gas, massive manufacturing facilities. You know how do you support inspection and maintenance of, you know, um, know, a a chemical facility? Yeah. You know, uh, a bunch of years ago they were talking about augmented reality glasses where you could wear a helmet and as the operator walked up to uh, a dial, you would know your location and what piece of equipment on it'll take digital information off that uh physical piece of equipment what they're doing is that augmented reality isn't around anymore let's yeah. put that on a robot a quadruped agv and just have it go around the facility and, and solve solve that problem so um what they're doing is deploying um a different they're not using spot they're using some like it's a different um sure. uh, robotic uh
1: spot's not the only quadrupedal agv it's not
0: there. it's not and uh basically going around uh you define a preset of parameters you want to inspect it goes up and does it's probably visual inspection so you have to train the visual model of what to read uh define some pass fail criteria or just drive data yeah uh and you're talking about you know massive facilities that are miles and miles uh large so having this roam around get the data that you need verify a pipe's not cracked verify things are in place i thought this really interesting use case and uh really curious to see how that uh further uh propagates yeah
1: that is really cool and know, the, know uh, a clever title on the <laughs> article too.
0: Good job, Ar- uh, writer. If the article is automated plant inspections become a walk in the park because it's literally a quadrupedal robot dog walking around the plant.
1: Um, one thing that I have seen um, from you know the the YouTube videos that I've watched of people who bought you know quadrupedal AGVs. Yep. Um, what? Um, and there's got to be a shorter term for that. That I'm just. We'll right- make up a term. Robot dog. Um, <laughs> one thing that I have seen is like they don't they don't fall over very often, correct? And all of like the programming and software engineering to prevent them from falling over prevents them from high sighting. Sure, from that's their like primary focus and concern. The the dog high sighting. What that means is, let's say the the quadruped is walking around a corner to the right is walking in a, in a right hand curve. Um, The software is compensating for centripetal force of the dog falling over to the left. Right. So it may even lean a Mm -hmm. little bit to the right as it's turning to the right. All of the videos that I've seen of like modern on the market, you can go buy this today, quadrupeds, Whenever I see them crash, they're always low siding, which is really, really interesting to me, Um, which is low siding is when the legs slip out from under the animal. So low siding, like the, the quadruped, if it's still turning to the right. It it falls to the right because right. its feet slip to the left out from under it. And it's just it's just a, a an observation that I've made and I found it very interesting.
0: Right. Some similar to motorcycle dynamics. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. Which is why I use the term high side and low yep. side.
0: Yep. Steve, we've got you started us started us off with a controversial topic. I think you should end us with a controversial. OK, topic.
1: Um, I saw an article just this morning um Oops, where is it? Um paving the way for industry 5.0 and cobots instrumentation monthly. All right. So we've heard industry 5.0 before. Sure. Only a handful of times because frankly, we still haven't attained industry 4.0 across the industry yet. I right. mean in some cases, there are still people stuck on 2.0. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um I want to bring up this article because this is officially the first industry 5.0 mention and article that has popped up in my personal Google feed. Yep. Not like, uh, empty insights, tech trends, you know, I've seen it there before, but like in my personal feed, I feel like when I see something there, it's made the mainstream. Yep. So this is the first time in, in my view, industry 5.0 has hit the mainstream and i'm really excited i've got two key takeaways from here sure um first let's do the positive professional one which is i told you so <laughs> the article basically says collaborative robots cobots are foundational in adapting industry 5.0 wow in 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 adopting it um so I've been saying that for at least the last year, at maybe least. more. Sure. I've been saying that automation is foundational to the future of technology, yep. which is the almost a perfect executive summary of this article, but yeah. specifically cobots for Industry 5.0. So I'm really excited about that. I get to say I told you so. Um, and my other takeaway is this article, Instrumentation Monthly, is like a magazine or an editorial for – uh, the website is instrumentation.co.uk. This is an this is an English publication. That's correct. What do they know about advanced manufacturing? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's two blokes in a shed making stuff. oi, oy, look. This is what they call the cobot, isn't it? You know, and it's it's just
0: <sighs> It got you excited and let you down at the same time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's like, here I am thinking this is an, Maybe, uh, like a like a forward-thinking publication, and then they hit me with, oh, it's just English. It's
0: probably an American author. They then. probably
1: have one Cobot over there.
0: In the whole nation. Yeah. It's funny The AMRC is going to not like us for this. When, you know,
1: do Man, better. Do better. Look at your auto industry. They have you one? guys made you guys made the McLaren F1, which is our, thank you, Gordon Murray. I think he's a Scotsman. That's a thousand years ago. <laughs> it was a thousand. That was the nineties. Yeah. They could only make a hundred of them. The pinnacle of automate. Uh, it was the pinnacle. Well, now he's making another car, but like, it's not the out T50. yet. The, yeah. yeah.
0: The T T something. Dot 50. Yeah. A big old fan in the back.
1: Oh, he also has, um, um, a design for a, the perfect sub $30,000, probably for sub $40,000. Now things inflation, um, <laughs> sports car, that he has – he's like, I'm not going to make this myself because it's gonna, not going to hurt my brand. Right. But like my, I've built my brand as like the abs- the pinnacle of sports car technology. I've made this affordable sports car design and blueprint and schematic, if you will. Um, I'm not going to make it on my own brand. Sure. And it's going to cost me too much because it's supposed to be mass produced. I'm English. I can't mass produce anything. <laughs> so um, – they're he's trying to sell it to another car manufacturer. Nobody's bought it.
0: No, nobody's bought it. <laughs> and I
1: really hope somebody does yeah. because it's Gordon
0: Murray. Sure, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, Steve, this was a great episode. Uh In the comments, let me know what your alternative uh, Thanksgiving dishes or just email me. Yeah. Send, send me a picture. Find me on angry, LinkedIn.
1: Any angry Brits out there?
0: Yeah, no. yeah. They don't. They don't have these computers. Too bad you can't. T- <laughs> they can't I'm find not it. Say all that. <laughs>
1: Too bad he can't uh, celebrate Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> where can they find more info about us? AMTonline.org
1: slash resources. I kept wanting to say AMT news. AMTonline.org slash resources. That's it. That's where you find us. Thanks, Like, Steve. share, subscribe.
0: Enjoy. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, man. You too.